Just a quick level check. Uh, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, I never eat breakfast. What I had oh. for breakfast was what I had for lunch, which was what I had for dinner, which was uh, a couple of slices of provolone cheese and a handful of almonds. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> That's how I keep um, my girlish figure. <laughs> you are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business, Welcome to episode 7 of Music on Your Own Terms. This episode, I'm talking with Rish Green from the Boston band The Lights Out. Definitely one of my favorite bands I've discovered while seeing shows in the Boston area. I highly recommend checking out their last album, Trip, and I'll be posting videos and other links on the show notes on the website, which is musiconyourownterms.com. As you'll hear in this episode, they have an upcoming show in January, so I highly recommend if you're in the Boston area, you go check it out. Definitely keep an eye out on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. I have a lot of new episodes in the works, which are going to feature some discussions on entrepreneurial mindsets, which I think are going to be really useful. So stay tuned. Anyway, here's Rish. So, uh, okay, so welcome to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Uh, Thanks for for taking the time. You're very welcome. Um, So, I just want to go back to uh, how I met you guys. Um, I first discovered you at the Regent Theatre in Arlington, opening for Jelly Jam, and then uh, talked to you afterwards. That's right. That was a killer, killer show. Oh, Um, thank you so much. And, you know, what struck me is not only the the music was obviously well-written and it sounded great, but... The visuals you guys have um, is really striking. Um, can you just touch a little bit on, you know, what you know what what you expect to see when you see a lights out show? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, right. So, if the listeners can sort of envision what happened was uh, a few years back, we went to Burning Man and realized that the visual edge was a little bit further out there than we thought and we kind of wanted to get a little bit of that into our lives as well right so people can expect to see it's a it's effectively a wearable led show we each have a different sort of shape goggles on our eyes and the drummer developed this 
brain that controls the LED lights that rim the drum shells and all of our instruments. And then we, the lights out, actually turn the lights out as we play. And you get this sort of like glowing in sync LED light show that happens while we play. So we're, uh, you know, you're getting a whole visual and sonic experience at the same time. Excellent. Um, and that, but that wasn't something that, uh, the, so the, the name, the lights out wasn't actually in, uh, in reference to you turning the lights out that, that came later. How did you guys start and how'd you get your name? <laughs> well, so that's right. I mean, that's one of those, uh, one of those ways that we feel like we might be on some kind of right track, whatever that is for us, that you're right. The lights, sh the light show is far in uh in trail of the actual name the lights out well i think what happened was um our bass player walked in and the drummer we had at the time and he said something about Man, lights on lights on the lights out as he walked through the door because <laughs> we he saw a poster of somebody who had i think they had a song out called leave the lights on or something on that order right and, sure. uh, you know, he was being a little snarky in his own head. <laughs> and he walked mm -hmm. through the door just as he was saying lights on. <laughs> yeah, the lights out. And as he walked through the door, he said, the lights out. And the drummer at the time immediately perked up and was like, yes, that. And so <laughs> that is how we became named the lights out. And that guy is not the drummer anymore. Um, now we've moved on to the guy who has been the drummer ever since, Jesse, and who is also coincidentally, coincidentally, the guy who invented the light show that we wear when we play. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, an interesting really other cool. little bit of uh, irony and full circleness or synchronicity, not irony, synchronicity. Synchronicity. You know? Yeah. Sweet. So um. If you wouldn't mind giving a bit of history on yourself, how did you initially get into music in the first place? Oh, well, I mean, I've been playing since I was nine, so longer than I probably care to recount in public, but <laughs> hmm. a good a good while now. Um, and um, I, it just was a thing that stuck. I was always in bands in high school, and then I wound up going to study classical guitar at Connecticut College. And quickly realized, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. I kind of just want to rock. I went to, I wound up transferring to Berkeley College of Music, and mm -hmm. uh, I've been in Boston ever since. Really enjoyed what happened there, but also I'm not really a jazz guy, more of a rock guy. Right. Um, but all of that training, just, I just kind of found my way through various bands in the Boston area, and eventually. Uh, found my way into a band called Ms. Pigeon back in the late 90s that my brother-in-law invited me into. Mm -hmm. He's a drummer and an exceptional musician in his own right, guy by the name of Jason Meeker, right? Okay. But um, So that, that band was kind of my beginning introduction into the, the actual Boston music scene proper, you know, the right. inner side of things. And then, you know, from there, ultimately realized that I had songs to write. And in that band, the guy that was in, in the middle of that, a super genius, excellent rock star, like had his mind super on it and quite a mentor, both of those guys, to me, you know. Um, and that's when I sort of started getting the bug to write my own songs. And eventually it 
just worked out that that band ran its course um, after some exciting times, indeed, you know. But uh, mm -hmm. I felt like I had some of my own things to say, and so I went out and made a record back in, I think, 2005 that I made with some other friends of mine. And then I used those songs and that production to attract the people into my life that are now currently in the lights out. Excellent. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, um, yeah indeed. And what, um, going a little deeper, I mean, what does playing music mean to you personally? Like, what, what do you get out of it? Ah, uh, yeah, well, I mean, to me, music is a, is a, a meditative thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, something to become accomplished at. There's no top end to it. You can always get better at it. It, sure. it is a way to forget oneself for a while. Like, no matter how bad I feel, I, I can sit down with a guitar and kind of just quiet myself a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so that, that's, to be honest with you, that's been the truest gift of all is it just the, like, once you get good at a thing or a good enough to where you can kind of learn to amuse yourself with it, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, I, that's what it gives me. And for some reason, writing words and melodies just kind of wanted to come out, I guess, you know, and so right. I found my way there. It's, it's an interesting thing to say. I think we all of us in life kind of find our way to this or that. And in my case, one of those things happened to be music. It just, it's a nice way of expressing myself you know and sure. i just remember i'm sure you're the same way and probably everybody listening is the same that you couldn't get enough of records as a little kid and oh, you just absolutely. like burn through any old thing that was in your dad or mom's collection and then you get into your own stuff and maybe you got that older friend who turns you on to all the good stuff that uh, you wouldn't have found otherwise you know absolutely um yeah i don't know man i, I think it you know there's a whole slice of reality you can live your entire life through music and art or specifically through music or even just through polka or rock or whatever you know yeah. um, but there's however deep you want to delve there's a lot there to discover and so it it's a good way to go through life and keep growing I think, absolutely you know? um so going back to the band um you've got a new album out um it's called right. X-Ray Vision. Really, really great sound to it. Congratulations. Thank you very um, much. And the set for the second album in a row, you've released the uh you've released it on a beer can. So right. That's I, I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy, but how did that come about? Right. Well, I mean, I'm going to give all the props to that to our guy um He's our Nels Klein-like figure, although we might as well say Nels Klein could be um, Jeff Tweedy's Adam Ritchie. <laughs> so Adam Adam Ritchie is the guy that has that idea in our band, and he's the person that like did the heavy lifting to make it work. He saw it first. Um, yeah. You know, it's not so much... I, I think his, his main conceit, and or his main insight, I should say, was that nobody's other than maybe you and a few other 
audiophile music fans will go and spend money on vinyl, but nobody does that really en masse the way that we all used to do it, right? Sure. But they do go to the beer store and look mm-hmm. at the labels on the beer cans, and you, there's all kinds of crazy artwork if you go into your packy, you know, your local liquor yep. store. And, you know, this, so there's a lot to look at there. And he was like, well, you gotta, there's no label system for bands to speak of anymore, really. Um, so this is another way to just poke out and try and get people to say, ah, oh, yeah, okay. So, you know, he had the insight that we would pair up with Aeronaut Brewery, um, mm-hmm. who were the, the guys that really got it right away that were doing what we were kind of doing. And so they made the beer in tandem with our record that are sort of meant to go together. And then when you get onto the can of beer, which is X-Ray Night Vision by Aeronaut Breweries in Somerville, Massachusetts, excellent yeah. brew. Um, but you'll find a Spotify code on there and that'll take you right to the record. You know, so they beer they brewed the beer with the record in mind, but we we write the music, they make the beer, and they kind of go together, and somehow it worked out. You know, sure, excellent. <laughs> it, went, it didn't somehow worked out. Here's what I will say: Adam Ritchie always says nothing falls into place, and so it is. You know, he made a lot of things happen, and we're always eternally grateful. Um, right. But it made it made for a really great product all the way around. Like this is a thing that's in the world now that wouldn't have otherwise been there you know right absolutely and it's i mean um i did you know i i i thought the uh the original um trip beer was very good i haven't um i'm i'm not no longer in new england so i i hopefully right. i'll get back there and be able to try the new beer but yeah um i'll tell you what we'll see if we can't get a can out there for you i'm pretty that, sure we can that would be <laughs> awesome and we would um, love to have a beer review as well as a music review you know yes Absolutely. That would be good. Um, and then did you do, uh, so last time with the, the Trip album, you did a release party in the um, the climbing center oh. next to the brewery, and that was a, I wasn't able to come to that, but there was a whole uh, massive show with you hanging upside down, I believe. Was that correct? <laughs> yeah, you know, the story just gets better every time somebody tells it, right? I was hanging upside down by one ankle, and I was playing right, a guitar right. solo. No, no. <laughs> it, it was held in a climbing gym, and we yeah. got there, and we saw that one of the one of the belaying ropes actually dropped down directly onto center stage, and we were like, you know what? I'm going up. So um, we had a, a guy at the gym uh, who was trained in, you know, belaying. Uh, I'm not even sure what it is. He had, he had me wrapped around his waist and whatnot with yeah, the rope. Yeah. So as I climbed up, he kept the slack taut, and then I sort of floated free. I let go and swung free, and then he lowered me down onto center stage to start the show, which I thought was just one of the high points of my life. You know, when I look back on a life, that's one of those things about life well lived. Not even Paul Stanley, I would wager, has ever done that. Right. That's, that's cool. So yeah, any big yeah, plans yeah. to, uh, you, you just had an uh, unplugged acoustic show last night. How did that go? Uh, that was great. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I sort of say that contractually speaking and multiverse prevailing contract law, we have to say that with the lights out, we were actually the out lights 
you know, <laughs> over from the world where we work in that acoustic place all the time. And we were on an exchange program with our compadres from this home world. And they were over there blowing people's minds with that crazy rock out thing that uh, they hadn't seen before over there, you know. Excellent. Just one dimension over. Right. So yeah. um, as far as, so it seems Adam um, does marketing and then Jesse does more of the uh, the uh, technical stuff. How, right. how else do you divide the responsibilities of the band? Right. From a bit, well, uh, you know, not not the music part, but the uh, the business side of it. Right, the business end of it. Well, Matt does a bunch of the booking for us, yep. mm -hmm. and then I handle, uh, you know, like when we do licensing and whatnot, which we have been somewhat successful in here and there. We've gotten stuff into. Uh, uh, <laughs> we actually got some of our stuff cut up and put into the background of a couple Jersey Shore episodes, so that was oh, good. Cool. Yeah, back in the day. Um, but, uh, so, you know, it's, that's an interesting game because, you know, now you're sort of slicing things up into sausage and using it for underscores. And it's not really the individuality of the, of the song so much as it is the, the sound of, that you're getting, you can use underneath other entertainment venues. And that actually is a good way to, to bring a source of revenue to make the next record mm. to the band. Absolutely. Know? So would you but, say that the um, the band supports itself financially? Or is it, you know, is it kind of there? or? Oh. Because I think sync uh, licensing is really useful for that. But go yeah. ahead. Well, you know, to be honest with you, we do support ourselves financially. You know, we... Um, to hear. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a matter of... You know, we sort of just dump all the money back into the band. Any money that comes in, it's, you know what I mean? Let's not kid ourselves and say that it's bought us jet skis or anything like that. <laughs> we have Andrew WK once said, I'm not sure if you can make a living in music, but if you, you can make a life in music, you know? Right, right. Absolutely. So you can also make a living in it, but everybody in the band has other lives and other jobs. And so... This is one of those things that we do as part of a life well lived. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. So you're not. You're but not it does. Drawing... But it does bring an income that we then use and just roll back into the thing, so that it's not coming out of the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think um, a lot of times that's that's a really good goal for a band. Um, just not not to you know to enjoy what you're doing and creating this thing, but to have it. You know, just to have it support itself, so you're not constantly putting, you know, money into the into the product. But that's uh, that's yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, well, and just to spread the word. I mean, really, the ultimate goal is that we're just trying to spread the songs as far as they will naturally go in the world. You know what sure. I mean? Uh, and who knows how long that is? Because it could be that somebody discovers this thing in ten years, and poof, it's on a whatever. You know, I think the thing that everybody has to remember to do is focus on making the work and then, you know, be realistic about putting, doing things to put the work out there in unique ways, sort of in the way of like the beer or whatever, mm. you know. Um, but uh, at, at whatever level you're trying to make a thing go, you got to just keep on actually, it all starts with the actual song like there's a light show 
but the light show is, you know, there's a concept of sort of multiverse and parallel realities that we can see into each of those realities when we turn on the crazy light up LED goggles, right? And every one of those realities is actually true somewhere. If you are to believe some interpretations of quantum mechanics, you know, and sure. the Hugh Everett many worlds interpretation of uh, the wave collapse effect. <laughs> just awesome. to get all oddball technical, technical. right no, no, i'm not that's, that's not technical dude that's just as much like i know just a very little bit to be just dangerous enough to lose in a in a bar fight with a guy from mit <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great um so yeah i'm going on to that so what um what is your opinion of streaming and you know how the music industry is today um I think that it has made it more difficult to earn a living from mm -hmm. music, okay? So, for example, you can spend $15 on a CD, or you can spend $15 and everybody in your house can have Spotify Premium, you know, mm -hmm. all year long. So $15 a month you can have every song you know what i mean and when you really think about what those numbers mean that means there's a lot of things not being sold anymore that revenue stream has been cut out i think that the internet is slowly destroying every industry in that way or disrupting or whatever the word is you want to say because you know newsprint can't sell classified ads anymore because craigslist craigslist you know that there's a that that phenomenon then extends to the music industry where, you know, and the number that you get per each single stream is not a good number. So basically those right. numbers are awry, right? The sure. people on top are going to continue to make a whole lot of money. And basically what it comes down to is they know they have us by the short and curlies because people that create do it because they need to create it's not really Absolutely. it's not and because they know that about you they know that they can get you to deliver the goods for much less than what they ought to be worth and they would argue that that's just free market enterprise at work and i would say that you know that's true but only in the sense that you're kind of killing the golden goose starving it you know it would mm -hmm. lay more eggs if you paid it a little bit more if you fed it a little better it would lay more eggs i think that's where they fall down you know but right. we don't we haven't really arrived at that vision yet and it won't happen until ai takes over and right. uh it takes the human emotion out of it like yeah we'll just pay everybody this is what we'll do you know Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, and let's let's leave the amount that you earn per stream um, uh -huh. to the side. Right. Do you think that you know if you're you're um, you're a relatively well-known local band, but right. let's just say you, you have your CD sales locally, but right. the person in you know wherever Ger middle of Germany might not be able to. Um, find you but now you're on Spotify they might pop up on some kind of list or you know and now you've got possibly one person that could spread it around that local area so do you think that maybe 
although you have a lot of, let's face it, a lot of crap out there, um, when you do find a break through that noise, I think, personally, I think you have more of, of, of a chance of reaching people internationally that wouldn't yeah. dis have discovered you originally because they just don't live in, like, you know, in your case, it's the Boston area or sure. wherever you happen to play. I mean, right. what? I think that that's absolutely valid. Uh, yeah, you're totally right, man. Um, so there, there, it giveth and it taketh away. It, there sure. is a flattening of what, uh, where, where you can get to is it's the, the fact that you and I can broadcast around the world in theory, you know, mm -hmm. so now it becomes why should one person pay attention to you? And, you know, once that attention happens, you can get your message out super quickly. But the trick is to get the attention focused right. upon you. And mm -hmm. I think that you're right, though, you know, like um, we've actually seen that happen uh, to us. Adam's been tracking like, you know, there's this little this little sort of mini explosion of interest happens in Turkey. Or right. okay. some group of kids are like, oh, my God, you hear this? This is great. Let me, you know, you're right. That's exactly what happens. So that's the idea about you just keep putting the stuff out there. And now more than ever, like, really, the only thing you have working against you is the fact that there's so much other stuff that you're just buried in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if the right yes gets to you, it can change everything, you know. Sort of in the same way that, yeah, if you could pick the numbers in the lottery, you could win millions of dollars. Um, right, but meanwhile, yeah, but at least the difference is here is that you've, you know, you've developed a skill and you've mm -hmm. worked on confidence and, uh, you know, the, you know, what is that book, man? The, uh, the art of happiness or whatever, you know, where the idea is that you are looking to find just uh, tasks that are just a little bit beyond you that you can just get if you work a little harder and you You're sort of keep yourself going. Yeah, you just yeah. keep on pushing that needle. You don't make it too hard for yourself, so you just give up. And it's not too easy, so it's boring. It's right in that sweet spot. Right. And it keeps that carrot right six inches in front of your nose or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, me, you know, again, like getting back to the first thing we talked about, music is a great thing to do in that regard because you can always deepen and discover more about yourself. And I think a lot of what songwriting is anyway is, is trying to, to sort of dig things out of yourself that other people will resonate to emotionally. Absolutely. You know, because it is about the emotion of it. Oh, totally. I, th yeah. I, I mean, I think that 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 statement right there is, you know, truer than any other one because um, I just think if you if you concentrate on the, you know, the music and the emotion of getting out what's inside of you, then, you know, in in some ways the other stuff just doesn't matter that much. If you, if you're being fulfilled emotionally and musically then it's okay that you aren't going to make you know millions on that you know on that track but you're yeah. you're getting it out there and it it's it's done at that point it's done what it needs to do and if other people end up liking it then that's a, honestly a bonus yes well i think that you know the danger that 
it, it lies in the creative process that makes everybody feel vulnerable is like, like what if everybody thinks wow you're a freak i, I totally can't relate to that hmm. but of course you know we sort of want that and we also don't want that we want to know that people get what we're thinking and we're also afraid that we might be common again you know like if everybody everybody can feel the same way you know can you express it in a way that makes everybody kind of feel like yeah i wish i'd said it like that you know right and that's the trick is just trying to trying to get it out there in a little bit more clever way we're all on etsy now my friend we're all busking mm -hmm. you know that's right. basically what it comes down to we're all that, busking. That, yeah that's a good analogy i like that well i mean there's no there's nobody out there sort of professionally i mean it there, there are there's still going to be a music industry there will always be a music industry you know um pushing stars and those stars will generally be child prodigy sort of level you got a long way to go and a deep reservoir of talent like a lady gaga or something you know mm -hmm. what i mean could she'll be around as long as she wants to be because like she just got the goods you know what i'm saying right but iggy azalea we're probably never going to hear about her again i'd be surprised mm -hmm. <laughs> well. but we'll, we'll but lord will be around as long as as she wants to be because she's got the goods to back it up right right Cool. So there yeah. is that, but you know the other the other side of it is like we have to remember that the actual impulse it's it's not wrong to succeed or to want to succeed and to make moves towards succeeding. It's also it would do well to remember you know like what the actual thing that you're trying to do is is to make effective art right that's the real that's your best bet anyway that's your best bet at at having something stick right you know so it's one thing to write the next sugar sugar but maybe you should be working on trying to write the next green sleeves or mm -hmm. the next this land is your land and there's no way to really get around the fact of luck in that like this land is your land by uh Woody Guthrie, right? Mm -hmm. You know, wound up in like a like a an educational primer that every kid learns. So it just somehow that one made it in there, and that's the song that we all know now because of that, and also because it's an amazing song, right? Absolutely. Um, we all forget that because <laughs> it is actually so good that it turned into a cliche that we don't even think about it anymore because it's so good. That, you know, like, I remember, I always feel like, uh, what I like about you, you really know how to dance, you know, something like mm -hmm. that. That song is almost a victim of being too perfect. It's right. so good. We forget, and it just kind of becomes wallpaper, but that's only because it was so good that everybody knows it before they even know it, right? Absolutely, and, yeah. I mean, you, can only hope, kind of, you can only hope to be a cliche. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. That's right. It's it's, it's like uh, Xerox when when Xerox was a verb, you know. Yes. I'm going to Xerox. Like it's it's the same thing of branding. You know, your 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 product becomes the thing that it is. That's so, right. Yeah, absolutely. Because you laid it down the first. You know, you and yep. generally that first thing is 
the first pressing of the olive is the the sweetest and most nutritious. Nice. <laughs> How about so, that? Huh? That's that's great. Um. So yeah. You, so after so now you've uh, released the new album. Um. What are what are your plans going forward? Right. Okay. Well, we so X-ray Night Vision is actually the beer, and the seven song record, but we made we cut. 10 songs and so the next thing at uh, Thunder Road in Somerville on January 4 with Carissa Johnson and with Parks and also Megan Tracy and the Misconnections so an excellent bill in the Boston area um, with some bands that are also touring in regional and national fashion so it's that's going to be an excellent one and we will be releasing the full version of the record which is 10 songs and the record itself is called Night Vision, although the beer record is called X-Ray Night Vision. Ah, yeah, see, so, I, I felt a little cheated that it was only seven songs, but that's ah, now, now, I'm, uh, now I'm happy about that. Yeah, there we go. Well, it still clocks in at under 45 minutes, you know, yeah, and, and that's, that's another right. thing that the lights out. Yeah, you know, I got nothing against, the, the longer I go, the more I'm like, just let people enjoy things. If you want to write 10-minute opuses of complicated guitar mini metal then do it you know but mm -hmm. for for what we're about we're very interested in i mean frankly i love the economy of motown two minutes mm -hmm. two and a half minutes early beatles like you you can just get right to it you can just get to it tom petty you know the economy the easy digestibility of things and then the depth of meaning sort of gestured at in, in you know, or old country, you know, like Willie Nelson or, I mean, they, they, Merle Haggard or I, even Randy Travis, you know, like there's this really good country writing, Miranda Lambert, you know, there's this like quick turn of phrase and saying a whole lot in a very few words. I, that really speaks to me personally, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the lights out tries to get to that. Like, let's just do it fast. We don't need eight minutes to get to it. Like, we'll just do it in three or four, you know? Yeah, just packs a punch. Yeah. So. Yeah, concentrated. I think that's the idea. I like I like things to be concentrated. I want to I wanna just be picked up at the beginning of the song and moved along and then dropped off at the end and never feel at any point that I was kind of like having to row a little bit mm -hmm. to keep myself into it. But no, it just carried me all the way down the rapids and then whoop, out the other side. You know what? I want to go and listen to that again. I'm getting on the ride again, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, awesome. Um, what, what I usually like to do is uh, play a song uh, to end the podcast. So what right. song would you like me to uh, play off the new new record? Off the new record, I think that probably the, the, the closest thing we did to a pop bullseye that we maybe ever done is the song I Feel God. So how about that one? Sounds good. I will play that. All right. And then, um, yeah, so how can, how can people uh, find out more about you? Yes, indeed. Right? Well, it's easy enough. Go to www.thelightsout.com for all things The Lights Out. And the, yeah, you can uh, see all your, uh, or hear all your previous albums on there. It's got a nice web player. Um, definitely recommend everyone dig into the catalog because 
It's it's awesome. Um, I I absolutely love Trip. That's one oh, of my favorite albums. Thank um, you I'm so much for saying that. Always listening to it. So no, you're very welcome. It's 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 to me it's you know it's a perfect blend of songwriting and and you know it's it's mixed really really well sonically. It's great. Um, oh, Benny Grotto, just... Benny Grotto at Mad Oak Studios. I have to shout out to that guy. Cool. Is it <laughs> so? Did you use the same studio this time? This is the fourth record i believe we've done with benny yeah i mean he's excellent he's a, a superior musician and he brings mm -hmm. that to bear on his mixing and production abilities you know what i mean and uh awesome. each time we get together with him it's been better than the last so thus far we're like yeah that's great man let's just go yeah it's uh, so the yeah the new new album it's it sounds great sounds as good as the the previous and uh you know, I'm I'm still digging into it. You know, I've I've listened to a trip so much that it's like burnt in my psyche, and now oh, this man, new one's just kind of, you know, I've got to, I've got to like ingest it more. Right, um, but it right. sounds great. Well, thank you, man. I, I Simon, I really appreciate knowing that people are being reached. You know, that is mm -hmm. the idea. So if it's if you're enjoying it, that is the best news that I could possibly hear. That's great to know. Oh, I absolutely am. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, um, hopefully, uh, I'll get up back to Boston and see you guys live again. When you when you do, you shall be welcome. The sooner and the oftener, the better. I'll like it. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, all right. Uh, thank, thank you, you so again much and for having me, man. Have a good evening. You're very welcome. All right. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. I know I did. Don't forget to visit the website to see the show notes of this episode, musiconyourownterms.com, and also sign up for the mailing list. That would be really helpful. Visit me on facebook.com forward slash musiconyourownterms. And here's just a little unrelated soapbox segment. I'd really love to see musicians and bands build more of a community in helping each other get gigs and really build a network in their local communities and from city to city. I feel like that some bands see other bands in their local circuit to be more of a competition, but I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. I feel like local scenes, wherever you are, would benefit greatly from bands and artists working together to build stronger bills and networking opportunities. Because let's face it, the show is about the audience, not the bands. And if the audience sees a great show with multiple bands, then they're going to come back for more. And I think with bands helping each other out, getting gigs further afield and providing contact details of promoters and venues, then the scene itself will continue to grow and it will grow exponentially. If people are fighting with each other and competing, then it's only going to hurt the scene as a whole. Because I think working together is really the only way of strengthening the music scene. And the saying is, a rising tide lifts all ships. So if you're becoming successful and you can bring some younger bands or some newer bands along with you, then that's only going to benefit everyone. So think about reaching out to other bands in your area. Build some Spotify playlists and share them with each other's fan base. Go further afield. Find some bands in other cities you'd like to visit and see if you can do gig sharing. I feel like one of the main challenges right now is that there's so much music out there, it's really difficult to get yourself noticed. 
And so you constantly have to keep looking at ways to improve your reach. But anyway, as always, be excellent to each other, serve others, keep pushing the needle. I hope you enjoy I Feel Gone by The Lights Out. In the winter of our discontent, there are no innocents. And we're not so different, no two of a kind, one and the same. We pretend that we are friends in front of all our friends and then go back home and then turn it off again. Cause whatever I say, whatever I do, I did those things I did to you. Now whatever I say, whatever I do, I never 